Welcome to the Garden Angelus, where we talk about flowers, veggies, and all the best dirt. I'm Dean Ash from Guthrie, Oklahoma. And I'm Carol Michael from Indianapolis, Indiana. Good afternoon, Dee. Hey, Carol, I hear it's cold. <laughs> it is very cold and getting colder. It is going to be a high in a minus digit tomorrow. Yeah, I was in the Chicago last uh, two days ago, and I got a message on my phone from the airline saying, you need to rebook because a big, bad storm is coming. Those weren't their exact words, but I rebooked, and I got back to sunny Oklahoma, and it was cold here, too, this morning, 19 degrees, but we're already up to 46. We're at 18. I like 46. <laughs> I-, I do, too. Unless, you know, you're talking about age, and then maybe 18 is better than 46. Although to be 18 with the knowledge of a 46-year-old might be even better. That's the truth. Isn't that the truth? So today we are going to talk about, well, I was going to say, everybody buckle your seatbelts. You're in for a long and perhaps bumpy ride because we're going to talk about seeds today. And Carol and I could talk about seeds for a long time. So grab a cup of tea. We could. (laughs) So you want to start, dear heart, since I introed? Well, yes. Um, I want to tell you a story. (laughs) And maybe I told this story on the podcast before that a long time ago, I bought some seeds one day at a big box store and I took them through the checkout and the cashier, God lover, asked me, do those things work? And I just, she asked me if the seeds really worked. (laughs) And I'm just looked at her. I'm like. Uh, your life depends on seeds really working, honey. <laughs> Did you actually say that? Yes, because, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did she understand what you meant? That the fact that if we don't have seeds and, and if the seeds didn't work, in quotes, um, we'd all be dead? You know, I don't know if she understood that or not. I think she's like, I got to get this lady out of my line before I start getting a whole lesson on seeds. Yeah, she probably just wanted you to move on. Move along, move along. But today, because it's our podcast, we can wax philosophical about seeds all day if we want to. Right. I have another story about seeds. This is from last year. I, you know, I'm in a garden club and some of the members listen. So I want to say to my garden club, I love you all. But there was one member who um, had never really sown any seeds. She loved her flower garden and everything, but she always bought plants. So I gave her a packet of lettuce seeds and told her to sow them in a container on her deck. And she was amazed that these things work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so here's so I think we're talking about a bigger question here, which is from your two stories. I think that people seem to have a fear of seeds, a seed phobia, as it were. I think you're right. And we're here to dispel seed phobia on the Garden Angelus because we're all about spreading the good news about gardening. And let's just say it up front, most seeds are super, super easy to grow. True. And when you grow things from seeds, there's a whole world of different varieties and exciting varieties that you can get that you could not get if you were just going after the plant. Absolutely. Um, Seeds want to grow for you. They're a little embryonic version of your plant in the future, and so they want to grow. I mean, that's kind of their job. So tomato seeds, for example, can be like years, years old, and they still will sprout and grow. Right. So I have one correction. But but not everything. I have one correction. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You said that seeds want to grow for me? I think they want to grow for themselves, those selfish little buggers. 
Oh, I thought you were going to say that I said something else wrong. Yay, good. Um, Yeah, they really want to grow for themselves. Just like all flowers really don't bloom for you and me, they bloom for pollinators or for some other reason, yes, to make the plant keep going. And seeds, because they want to grow, they grow. So you want to hear what seeds I'm going to grow this year? I would love to hear about your seeds because I have a real dilemma this year, but you go first and tell me. Well, I'll tell you, um, I'm going to grow zinnias and marigolds. I'm going to grow corn and beans and lettuce and radishes. Anything that I can direct sow outside from seed, I'm going to direct sow outside from seed. I should tell you that I've decided that I'm probably not going to start my own tomato plants this year. I'm just going to buy plants. What? What? You always start tomato plants, so this is a huge surprise. Yeah, it's a lot of work. Well, it's not a lot of work. It's not really that much work at all. Okay, I changed my mind. I'm going to grow my tomatoes from seed. I got plenty of time to find some varieties. Thank you. Yeah, I haven't even started mine yet and probably won't for another month or so, and then I'll start them. Yeah, you can get a lot more varieties if you just grow your own from seed. Okay, so you want to hear my dilemma? I want to hear your dilemma. All right, I'm just going to say a truth on here. This has not been my best gardening year. (laughs) My greenhouse is full of mealybugs, which are disgusting little creatures. Oh, no. And I really need to spray them. I know, it's really bad. I ran out there. I ran and made some tea before we got on together, ran outside and grabbed the pips and brought them inside the lily of the valley pips and then I looked around and I watered everybody again and I realized I'm going to have to spray some sort of natural insecticide in my greenhouse which I absolutely hate to do because natural insecticides are still somewhat hard on my lungs because hello I'm a creature just like insects are creatures but there's part of me that just wants to take the whole lot of coleus and throw them outside. So that may be what happens. So that's the first start. Well, let me just because say this the... about that. <laughs> okay. I know you've spent a lot of time collecting some very unusual coleus varieties and getting cuttings of them, but oftentimes the best course of action is just to toss the whole lot. And I had to do that in my sunroom. I ended up with terrible mealybug problems, and I ended up having to toss some plants that I didn't really want to toss. But... I just could not get rid of them. So I really had to go back to almost bare bones. There were a few that plants the mealybugs didn't like, and I kept those. Mm-hmm. But everything else that they were on had to go to the trash. It's sad, but you can yeah, do it. it, it oh, I can do it. I, you know me. I, I like plants, and I love plants, but I'm okay with them dying occasionally. It just happens. And coleus are pretty easy to find now. They used to not be, and that's why I collected all those. But... Um, I think what I'm going to do is toss them. Now, you gave me permission to toss them, so I feel much better now. Thanks. I, Carol, give the D permission to toss her coleus. But you have another dilemma that's even bigger. Yeah, my second dilemma. It's a bigger dilemma. Okay, so gardening this year has been kind of hard because I've been really busy because my mom hasn't been well. So, And I also have traveled a lot, and I plan to travel a lot in 2019. So here's the dilemma. I have a huge garden. I garden an acre and a half, as you know, and a lot of it is in perennials and shrubs and trees, which those are pretty easy. You just go out there and clean everything up and go on. But I also have a flower cutting garden and I have a potager, which is a vegetable garden that's right outside my back door. So I kept 
waiting to buy my seeds because I just kept, every time I'd think about it, I'd get kind of bummed and I wouldn't go on to buy them. So the other day I put out a message with some friends of ours and said, and actually I asked Bill too, I said, what is going on? Why am I having so much trouble with this? And he said, well, honey, you just don't have the time you used to have to devote to the garden. There are lots of places where you can buy really good organic food in Oklahoma City and the Edmond area now. And he said, you know what, if I were you, I would just plant the things I really love. That was great advice from Bill. It was great advice from Bill. So here's how I narrowed it down. I really love lettuce. I love leaf lettuce in the spring from a garden. It tastes better than the mescaline mixes you can buy in the store. So I will be planting lettuce. I love snap peas. I will plant those. This is the cold vegetable garden. I will not be planting beets because half the time it doesn't work and it takes a really long season and stretches into my very small gardening space for my summer garden. And I think I, oh, and bok choy. I like bok choy and it's super easy to grow. So that's, that is my spring vegetable garden. That is all I'm putting in there. Oh, and onions because, well, we'll talk about that later. And then for my summer garden, there are three vegetables that I really love that are hard to get good quality at the grocery store. Can you guess what they are? Tomatoes, peppers yep and sweet corn oh yeah sweet corn no that's not my third one but you're absolutely right it's very hard to get good sweet corn at the store i have trouble growing sweet corn out here because of the raccoons okay so my my other choice would be green beans yes again green beans although you can buy pretty good ones now they're not as good as the ones you grow yourself i'll just help you you ready no you're gonna keep guessing okay eggplant yes aubergine I love eggplant. I adore eggplant, especially the Asian eggplants that are long and small and easy to grow, have thin skin, don't taste bitter, all those things. Well, they're really hard to get here unless you go to the Asian market, which is way in Oklahoma City. So I'm going to grow tomatoes, peppers, eggplant, and perhaps green beans. So that's the sum total of my vegetable garden for this summer because I'm going to be out doing things in June when I won't be here to harvest. But luckily in Oklahoma, tomatoes aren't usually ready until July. So that takes care of that issue. Well, that sounds like my garden, except I'm going to grow tomatoes, peppers, green beans, corn, eggplant, cucumbers, um, squash. You are going to grow a lot more than me. But I also decided that One of the things I really loved about my garden were my flower seeds, and that leads us right into the flowers. We've kind of already talked about our vegetable, but let's, I guess we should talk, should we talk first about flowers or should we talk about vegetable seeds, particular varieties we like? Well, I'm not sure. The varieties seem to be so um, regional, I guess. The thing I would challenge, I challenge myself to do and I would challenge everybody else is we get into a rut and we plant the same varieties year after year after year. And so there are so many old varieties I've never tried, interesting new varieties that are coming on the market. So I'm challenging myself to dig a little deeper, turn the catalog page a few more times, and find some unusual things to grow, unusual varieties to give it a try. I'll, I'll still plant some of my tried and true, but I'm going to find space to add some varieties. But I'm not prepared to tell you which ones yet. You're not. Um, I ordered a bunch of mine yesterday, but let's talk a little bit. You mentioned the the word, um, which is among all gardeners' minds this time of year, catalogs. 
So if which catalogs are you looking at this year that you're especially fond of? Or websites. It doesn't have to be catalogs. The ones I'm most likely to order from, there are about four that offer yeah. different varieties. And so, um, obviously, I like Baker Creek Heirloom Seeds because some of the unusual stuff, that is about the only place you can find them. Especially heirlooms. Baker yes. Creek is really into heirlooms. Okay. Uh, Johnny's Selected Seeds has some different things that you won't find anyplace else. And then some of the bread and butter stuff, I'll order those from the Burpee website. And I'm partial to Burpee because my dad and I used to sit down and go through the Burpee catalog together and pick out the varieties and kind of was a big deal to, he'd let me write up the order because you used to have to send an order blank with a check and then six weeks later, here came your seeds. It's not like today where... You order, and then if the seeds aren't here in two days, you're wondering what their problem is. Yeah, especially if you order them right now because it isn't super busy yet. It's getting ready to be super busy. So we should say up front that you do a little bit of writing for Burpee, too, because you like Burpee. I do some writing for Burpee. Once a month, I publish a to-do list for my region, and I do a blog post about what's going on in my garden. Yeah, I'd love to write for them, too. I like Burpee. I think they do a great job. The other one is Botanical Interest Seeds out of Colorado. They have some great varieties. And um, I tell people, if you want a seed packet that explains everything, Botanical Interest has an amazing, they have amazing seeds, but they have amazing seed packets that are beautiful um, botanical illustrations. And then you can open up the seed packet like a little book and it's just packed with information. It's funny you should mention that. In my book, I did a two-page thing about their seed packet. And all of the information that you could find upon it. And it's one of the best seed packets in the business. I didn't yeah. say that very well. Seed packets. But anyway, I you know, it's funny you mentioned both of those. Um, I, did, I ordered some stuff yesterday from Johnny's Selected Seeds. I'm going to order from Botanical Interests. In fact, I may be doing a seed giveaway with them later on, probably in February. And then also, so I did those two already. I ordered flowers from Johnny's and vegetables and some herbs. I also ordered from um, Harris Seeds, which I haven't ordered from them in a while, but they had a particular variety of Xenia. Don't call me on it right now which one it was. Floret was out of it. That's another online website that has great flower seeds. Um, Floret, you know, I don't really need to give her any buzz. She's doing really, really well um, because she's a florist and a flower farmer. But she selects particular varieties of zinnias that I like. But she was out of one. I found it online at Harris, so I bought some other things too. So I think that's who I bought from yesterday. Another seed company that I really like is Pine Tree Garden Seeds. Oh, I like them too. What's nice about Pine Tree is if you have a smaller garden like I do and you need a smaller quantity of seed, they sell smaller quantities and so you can... You know, instead of buying a $4 packet, you can buy a $2 packet. You'll get less seeds, but you'll get all the seeds that you need. Right. And I would say that also of Renee's Garden Seeds, because she has those packets. Like, I just saw one in my desk drawer of green beans, and it's got the purple beans, the green beans, and the yellow wax beans together. And then also last year, I planted her squash trio, which actually had color-coded seeds, so you knew which squash you were growing and I love that idea because in a small potage, I mean, it's a really small garden, so I've got to make the best use of space. Right. And you're, 
um, most of the time, especially with things like squash, not so much green beans, but squash and some of the lettuces and things, you can end up with a ton of extra seed. And I recommend that you share those with others. Yeah, share them with others. Or if you want to save them, that gives me an opportunity to give someone a shout out. Happy Holstice Homestead. That's her that's her website or uh-huh. yeah, it's also a website, right? All right. She posted a thing on Instagram today that I thought was brilliant. Now I can't show it to our listeners, but I can show it to you. She took a photo album. Can you see that? I see the she photo, took a photo album. album and she took the sleeves inside the photo album for a four by six photo album and seed packets fit perfectly inside that photo album. And that's how she's storing her seeds. And I thought that that was one of the best storage ideas that I have ever seen. And she got the idea from another Instagrammer who is called one Hawk homestead. I don't, I just started following them. Um, they use an old CD book. So, these are great ideas, and it's also a way to repurpose because we don't usually have, you know, pictures in picture albums anymore. Right. But that's a great idea. I thought it was one of the best because you can see both the front of the packet and the back. That is a great idea. I have to think about that. I don't know that I have any old uh, photo album pages. Maybe I do. I certainly do end up with a lot of seed packets, and even putting them, organizing them by, okay, these are ones I'm going to sow inside early. These are ones that I'm going to sow outside first. These are ones I'm going to sow outside after the frost. I thought it was a wonderful idea, and she used tabs. So like hers, I think she organized them by type of type of plant, you know? But you could organize them by when you plant them. I've tried that in boxes. I've done all those different things, and I thought this was the best idea I've seen. So I wanted to give her a, a shout-out. Very nice. And what was the name of that Instagram account again? Happy Holstice Homestead. So just a great idea, and um, I think she's someone that people should follow. I'm going to check her out, too. I followed her for a while, but I don't know her. I just thought this was a great idea. What makes it a really great idea is that you can flip the pages, and right there you can see all the seed packets. Because if they get buried in a box, you know, there's always some that fall to the bottom, and you can never see them. So I think that's what makes it a great idea. I think that makes it a great idea and the fact that it's in that little sleeve so the seeds can't fall out. That's always a bonus. Because pea seeds, <laughs> pea seeds are the worst, are they not? I mean, I always end up with pea seeds rolling around in the bottom of any seed keeper right. I have. So For me, it's the lettuce. Yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're more organized then. It's those big rolly peas that cause me problems. So you said that you were only going to do direct sow seeds. Should we explain what direct sow means? but you did change my mind. Okay, direct sow, whether it's vegetables or flowers, means that you directly sow the seed in the garden where you're going to grow Mm -hmm. that plant. And so examples of direct seeded vegetables include green beans. You generally just sow those where you're going to keep that row of green beans. Corn should be direct sown. It drives me nuts. In the, to see corn plants in the garden centers for sale. That's just drives me, me nuts. Squash is generally direct sown, although I've seen people that will start them in little containers and then put them out there. But it's not really necessary because squash, squash germinates really, really fast. Another one would be peas, both the shelling pea and also the potted peas and snow peas. Couldn't be easier than walking out there. In fact, that's a great little job for children because their little hands can hold on to peas. Yes, that's the first thing I remember sowing as a child was peas. 
me too. Or radishes. You know, radishes are another one that people give to children because pretty big seed and also they come up super fast. And so that's an easy one to do. Right. So, and then on the flower side of the equation, can we mix up flowers and vegetables, Dee? I think today we might as well because we already have. (laughs) So on the flower side of the equation, there are uh, sunflowers, most of the tall zinnias, marigolds, those can all be direct sown into the garden. Right. You don't have to buy little flats of marigolds at the store. If you want to, that's fine too. But if you want to grow a specialty type of marigold, one of my personal favorites is a variety called Proud Mary, which I got to see at California Spring Trials a few years ago. I was very impressed. And I love that plant and you have to, I, you have, I have never seen it for sale in a shop, in the center. Well, I'm going to write that down because uh, as you know, this is going to be my year of marigolds, and I plan to buy a ton of varieties of marigolds and just plant them all over, and I will direct sow almost all of them. I think you'll love Proud Mary. It makes super, super large flower heads, but it has a very strong stem. Perfect. So I was really kind of impressed with it, and I don't even like marigolds. So there you go. So you, you mentioned zinnias. I love zinnias. I've already bought some seeds of those. You want to know what everyone's favorite zinnia in my garden pictures is? Tell me. Now I'm not going to be able to remember. No, I'm just kidding. Um, It's the giant wine zinnia, which is part of the Giants series. And I can't think of the name of the, uh, the hybridizer company that did giant wine. But it's giant wine zinnia, and it's because of the beautiful purple. It's a, a gorgeous, gorgeous color of wine purple. That's the most favorite one. That sounds really pretty. The one that people commented the most in mine was, it's an All-America selection, uh, Queenie Lime Orange, I think it's called. I ordered that one, too. I love Queenie. I love the whole Queenie Lime series, all of them. They're amazing. Since I'm going to grow so many marigolds this year, I will have less room for zinnias. So okay, I might just get all the Queenie Lime series of zinnias. Yeah, you could do the lime one. You could do the queen one that's the pinkish one. There's like so many now. You know, it's a small one. I remembered the rest of the name of the giant wine, Zinnia. It's Benares. It's part of the Benares Giant series. Which okay. There's a whole bunch of Benares Giants. I just happen to like giant wine. It's one of my favorites. That sounds good. But I like the queenies too. The queenies are pretty also. So the opposite of direct seed is when you start a uh, seed inside in a container of some kind or a little flat, um, use those jiffy pots or any small container. And we start them inside because they need to go out into the garden as a plant around the time after the first frost. Otherwise, you won't get a harvest before the end of the year. And or they may just be a little bit more complicated. Right, because some flowers are more complicated and you can't direct sow them outside. Um, there's a bunch of them that you need to start inside. Also with some vegetables, probably the most classic ones would be peppers, tomatoes, and eggplant. Those all need specific things to help them germinate inside, especially eggplant. Eggplant has to have bottom heat 
in order to germinate properly and start to grow. I've tried growing it without bottom heat and it always fails. If you use bottom heat, and by that I mean a heat mat. You can buy heat mats online or you can buy them. There's a store here that has them and you plug them in along with your lights and it heats the bottom of the tray. And tomatoes will germinate faster, peppers will germinate faster, basically anything that wants heat. Right. And so those those are the classic vegetables you start inside. We do not start corn inside. No. And I don't start squash and I don't start melons inside. No. All of those can be direct sown because that's just silly. So um, also this year for flowers, I'm going to definitely grow sunflowers, definitely going to grow zinnias, and I'm also going to grow cosmos. Ooh. I love cosmos. And I actually went to Florette to get specific Cosmos that are kind of hard to find. And I bought several varieties because not only do I like Cosmos, but guess who else likes Cosmos? Your bees. It's not a person. That's right. My bees and my flower flies and my native bees all love Cosmos. Yeah, Cosmos is a fun plant to grow. It's also a very large plant to grow. And so it Mm -hmm. benefits from a little bit of staking or support of some kind. Otherwise, it's sort of a floppy mess by the time you get to Labor Day. Right, because it has very, very shallow stems. But there is a dwarf variety of Cosmos. I just can't remember which variety it is right now. But there are dwarf varieties um, that grow a lot, lot shorter. And um, so. isn't there a Cosmos variety? And I keep thinking to myself, it's called Shell Pink or something like that, where the mm-hmm. petals are sort of like curled up like a little shell. Seashells is the variety. And so you can get seashells in separate colors or you can get them in kind of that rosy ruby pink, then, you know, a shell pink and then a white. So there are some dwarf cosmos out there. I just looked them up. There's a bunch. Are you going to direct sow your cosmos? Absolutely. I never, I never start those inside. No, because that would be silly again. Do you, do you start your cosmos inside? I don't grow it every year, but when I do grow it, Ah. I direct sow it. Yeah, I think it's easy to grow direct sow. So what else do we got to talk about? Do we have some dirt? We have some dirt. We have some good dirt today. Yes. We both have read a book, and I got a review copy, and Dee went out and bought a copy. Why don't you tell them what we bought, what you bought, and what I got? Okay, it's Mastering the Art of Vegetable Gardening by Matt Mattis. And Matt is a friend of ours, and he lives in... Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Why do I always want to think he lives in New York? I know he lives in Massachusetts. Anyway, Matt has a wonderful blog, and that's how we got to know him. And now he has written a beautiful book, which I'm very impressed by. It's called Mastering the Art of Vegetable Gardening. And what's great about it is that it is not just for beginners. It's for more advanced gardeners. And so I would say if anybody is bored with the same old, same old in their garden and wants to kind of get revved up for the season, buy Matt's book and you'll find some new stuff to try. I right away found something new I'm going to do. Okay, what are you going to do that's new? Because I found something too. Well, I always thought that there's probably not an artichoke that would grow in my climate that I just don't have a long enough growing season. Nay, nay, Matt says there is. And so I'm going to try to grow artichokes. Wow, that'd be cool. I've never grown an artichoke. Although they do grow in Oklahoma. Um, Some people have had them before, but in a protected area. You want to hear what I'm going to do differently? 
I do. Okay, so I have always grown onions from onion sets, which are small plants that have already been grown on a little bit. They come dry, and you stick them down in the dirt, and they basically make instant green onions within just a few weeks. But Matt says that if I don't want to eat all of those as green onions, that I should grow them from seed. So while I was out ordering, I ordered some seed. I think it was from Johnny's Selected Seeds, and I ordered some onion seed because I thought, you know what, I want to try to make bigger onions because that was one of the things he said in the book is that you can't get big onions from onion sets. And I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. So that's one more vegetable I'm starting indoors. I was going to say, I've done uh, onions from seeds, and you do want to start those inside, and um, it's fun. I liked it. It is fun. And I was also going to say, it's a very he's a very warm author, and so fun to follow, and um, I just think that it's really cool that he's written a book, and it's fun to read about. You know, he lives in his grandparents' house and um, with his partner. And I just thought that that was a really cool thing. And I like reading about, you know, their lives and everything. And there's a little bit of that in the book. But if you want to read more of that, do it with Growing With Plants, which is his blog. He talks more personally in that. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Exactly. So great book. Really pleased about it. Fun to read. I enjoyed it. I have another piece of dirt, too. Okay, I got more good dirt. Go for it. Ready? Okay, so we were talking about catalogs earlier, and this doesn't really fit in with seeds exactly um, because it's not really a seed. What plant could I grow that I might get a whole catalog on that is sort of a plant but not really sort of a plant, and it does not grow from seeds? It grows from, I'm not going to tell you that part because you'll guess immediately. I'm going to guess you got a catalog with mushrooms in it. You did it anyway. I knew you would. Yes, I got Field and Forest Products Specialty Mushrooms Catalog, which I'm showing to you right now. I got that catalog the other day, too. Oh, that's why you knew. Anyway, I think I'm going to actually do it. I have never bought one of those um, logs. We should say that mushrooms grow from spores, and I've never, ever bought one of those logs that's been drilled for mushrooms, but I've decided this is the year. So are you growing them inside or outside? Well, there's the complicated part, because I live in Oklahoma. And in Oklahoma, we have native morel mushrooms, which we could forage. but um, And many, many people here do, and they're very, very good. But we also have a lot of poisonous mushrooms here, too. But only in the spring. So I think I'm going to grow it inside, because I think it'll get too hot in the summer to do. So what do you think? I think you're right. We we forage for morel mushrooms around here, too, but summers can be kind of hot. But I think you should definitely do it inside and uh, give us a report periodically to tell us how it's going. I think I will. I'm excited about this. I love mushrooms. I would do the same, except I'm not a big fan of mushrooms. Oh, I'm sorry, because, boy, mushroom mushrooms in a cheesy omelet... I don't think there's anything better. Or mushrooms with steak. Well, anyway, I could get all excited about mushrooms. So I think I'll grow them. I'll let you, and then I'll let you report back. Cool. So that was my dirt today. That is good dirt. Thanks. That's about all the time we have for today. So if anybody has any comments or questions, they can email us at thegardenangelist at gmail.com. They can... 
follow us on Instagram, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, where we are the Garden Angelist. And we've really started posting on Facebook and on Instagram, kind of showing you guys just not in the show notes, but also in photographs what we're talking about. And we'll do that again this week. And if you're listening to it on iTunes, thank you for the seven of you that have already rated our podcast. And if you like us, please go ahead and give us a good rating, because if we ever get, you know, quite a few ratings, then we will get further up and more people will listen and then we can share more. That's right. Well, Dee, hope you have a great week. Try to stay warm in Oklahoma. I think I'm going to stay warmer than you are. Luckily, I have a fireplace and it's not quite so cold here. And I have a fireplace, and it's very cold, and I'm staying inside. Good girl. All righty. Well, see you next time. All right. Take care. You too. Bye. Bye. Bye.